Chapter Twenty Eight, Part Two of The Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Betrothed by Alessandro Manzoni. Chapter Twenty Eight. Part two The contrast of gay clothing and rags, of superfluity and misery, the ordinary spectacle of ordinary times, had, in these peculiar ones, entirely ceased. Rags and misery had invaded almost every rank, and what now at all distinguished them was but an appearance of frugal mediocrity the nobility were seen walking in becoming and modest or even dirty and shabby clothing some because the common cause of misery had affected their fortunes to this degree or even given a finishing hand to fortunes already much dilapidated others either from fear of provoking public desperation by display or from a feeling of shame at thus insulting public calamity petty tyrants once hated and looked upon with awe and accustomed to wander about with an insolent train of bravos at their heels now walked almost unattended crestfallen and with a look which seemed to offer an entreat peace others who in prosperity also had been of more humane disposition and more civil bearing appeared nevertheless confused distracted and as it were overpowered by the continual view of a calamity which excluded not only the possibility of relief but we may also say the power of commiseration they who were able to afford any assistance were obliged to make a melancholy choice between hunger and hunger between extremity and extremity and no sooner was the compassionate hand seen to drop anything into the hand of a wretched beggar than a strife immediately rose between the other miserable wretches those who retained still a little strength pressed forward to solicit with more importunity the feeble aged people and children extended their emaciated hands mothers from behind raised and held out their weeping infants miserably clad in their tattered swaddling clothes and reclining languidly in their arms thus passed the winter and the spring for some time the board of health had been remonstrating with the board of provision on the danger of contagion which threatened the city from so much suffering accumulated in and spread throughout it and had proposed that all the vagabond mendicants should be collected together into the different hospitals while this plan was being debated upon and approved while the means methods and places were being devised to put it into effect corpses multiplied in the streets every day bringing additional numbers and in proportion to this followed all the other concomitants of loathsomeness misery and danger it was proposed by the board of provision as more practicable and expeditious to assemble all the mendicants healthy or diseased 
in one place the lazaretto and there to feed and maintain them at the public expense and this expedient was resolved upon in spite of the board of health which objected that in such an assemblage the evil would only be increased which they wished to obviate the lazaretto at milan perchance this story should fall into the hands of any one who does not know it either by sight or description is a quadrilateral and almost equilateral enclosure outside the city to the left of the gate called the porta orientale and separated from the bastions by the width of the fosse a road of circumvallation and a smaller moat running round the building itself the two larger sides extend to about the length of five hundred paces the other two perhaps fifteen less all on the outside divided into little rooms on the ground floor while running round three sides of the interior is a continuous vaulted portico supported by small light pillars the number of the rooms was once two hundred and eighty-eight some larger than others but in our days a large aperture made in the middle and a smaller one in one corner of the side that flanks the highway have destroyed i know not how many at the period of our story there were only two entrances one in the centre of the side which looked upon the city wall the other facing it in the opposite side in the midst of the clear and open space within rose a small octagonal temple which is still in existence the primary object of the whole edifice begun in the year fourteen eighty nine with a private legacy and afterwards continued with the public money and that of other testators and donors was as the name itself denotes to afford a place of refuge in cases of necessity to such as were ill of the plague which for some time before that epoch and for a long while after it usually appeared two four six or eight times a century now in this now in that european country sometimes taking a great part of it sometimes even traversing the whole so to say from one end to the other at the time of which we are speaking the lazaretto was merely used as a repository for goods suspected of conveying infection to prepare it on this occasion for its new destination the usual forms were rapidly gone through and having hastily made the necessary cleansings and prescribed experiments all the goods were immediately liberated straw was spread out in every room purchases were made of provisions of whatever kind and in whatever quantities they could be procured and by a public edict all beggars were invited to take shelter there many willingly accepted the offer all those who were lying ill in the streets or squares were carried thither and in a few days there were altogether more than three thousand who had taken refuge there but far more were they who remained behind whether it were that each one expected to see others go and hoped that there would thus be a smaller party left to share the relief which could be obtained in the city or from the natural repugnance to confinement 
or from the distrust felt by the poor of all that is proposed to them by those who possess wealth or power a distrust always proportioned to the common ignorance of those who feel it and those who inspire it to the number of the poor and the strictness of the regulations or from the actual knowledge of what the offered benefit was in reality or whether it were all these put together and whatever else it might be certain it is that the greater number paying no attention to the invitation continued to wander about begging through the city this being perceived it was considered advisable to pass from invitation to force bailiffs were sent round who drove all the mendicants to the lazaretto who even brought those bound who made any resistance for each one of whom a premium of ten soldi was assigned to them so true it is that even in the scarcest times public money may always be found to be employed foolishly and though as it has been imagined and even expressly intended by the provision a certain number of beggars made their escape from the city to go and live or die elsewhere if it were only in freedom yet the compulsion was such that in a short time the number of refugees what with guests and prisoners amounted to nearly ten thousand we must naturally suppose that the women and children were lodged in separate quarters though the records of the time make no mention of it regulations besides and provisions for the maintenance of good order would certainly not be wanting but the reader may imagine what kind of order could be established and maintained especially in those times and under such circumstances in so vast and diversified an assemblage where the unwilling inmates associated with the willing those to whom mendacity was a mournful necessity and subject of shame with those whose trade and custom it had long been many who had been trained to honest industry in the fields or warehouses with many others who had been brought up in the streets taverns or some other vile resorts to idleness roguery scoffing and violence how they fared altogether for lodging and food might be sadly conjectured had we no positive information on the subject but we have it they slept crammed and heaped together by twenty and thirty in each little cell or lying under the porticos on pallets of putrid and fetid straw or even on the bare ground it was ordered indeed that the straw should be fresh and abundant and frequently changed but in fact it was scarce bad and never renewed there were orders likewise that the bread should be of good quality for what administration ever decreed that bad commodities should be manufactured and dispensed but how to obtain under the existing circumstances and in such confusion what in ordinary cases could not have been procured even for a less enormous demand it was affirmed as we find in the records of the times that the bread of the lazaretto was adulterated with heavy but unnutritional materials and it is too likely that this was not a mere unfounded complaint there was also a great deficiency of water 
that is to say of wholesome spring water the common beverage must have been from the moat that washed the walls of the enclosure shallow slow in places even muddy and become too what the use and the vicinity of such and so vast a multitude must have rendered it to all these causes of mortality the more effective as they acted upon diseased or enfeebled bodies was added the most unpropitious season obstinate rains followed by a drought still more obstinate and with it an anticipated and violent heat to these evils were added a keen sense of them the tedium and frenzy of captivity a longing to return to old habits grief for departed friends anxious remembrances of absent ones disgust and dread inspired by the misery of others and many other feelings of despair or madness either brought with them or first awakened there together with the apprehension and constant spectacle of death which was rendered frequently by so many causes and had become itself a new and powerful cause nor is it to be wondered at that mortality increased and prevailed in this confinement to such a degree as to assume the aspect and with many the name of pestilence whether it were that the union and augmentation of all these causes only served to increase the activity of a merely epidemic influenza or as it seems frequently to happen in less severe and prolonged famines that a real contagion had gained ground there which in bodies disposed and prepared for it by the scarcity and bad quality of food by unwholesome air by uncleanliness by exhaustion and by consternation found its own temperature so to say and its own season the conditions in short necessary for its birth preservation and multiplication if one unskilled in these matters may be allowed to put forth these sentiments after the hypotheses propounded by certain doctors of medicine and repropounded at length with many arguments and much caution by one as diligent as he is talented or whether again the contagion first broke out in the lazaretto itself as according to an obscure and inexact account it seems was thought by the physicians of the board of health or whether it were actually in existence and hovering above before that time which seems perhaps the most likely if we recollect that the scarcity was already universal and of long date and the mortality frequent and that when once introduced there it spread with fresh and terrible rapidity owing to the accumulation of bodies which were rendered still more disposed to receive it from the increasing efficacy of the other causes whichever of these conjectures be the true one the daily number of deaths in the lazaretto shortly exceeded a hundred while all the rest here was languor suffering fear lamentations and horror in the board of provision there was shame stupefaction and incertitude they consulted and listened to the advice of the board of health and could find no other course than to undo what had been done with so much preparation so much expense and so much unwillingness 
they opened the lazaretto and dismissed all who had any strength remaining who made their escape with a kind of furious joy the city once more resounded with its former clamor but more feeble and interrupted it again saw that more diminished and more miserable crowd says ripamonte when remembering how it had been thus diminished the sick were transported to santa maria della stella at that time a hospital for beggars and here the greater part perished in the meanwhile however the blessed fields began to whiten the mendicants from the country set off each one to his own parts for this much desired harvest the good federigo dismissed them with last effort and new invention of charity to every countryman who presented himself at the archiepiscopal palace he gave a guilo and a reaping sickle with the harvest the scarcity at length ceased the mortality however whether epidemic or contagious though decreasing from day to day was protracted even into the season of autumn it was on the point of vanishing when behold a new scourge made its appearance many important events of that kind which are more peculiarly denominated historical facts had taken place during this interval the cardinal richelieu having as we have said taken la rochelle and having patched up an accommodation with the king of england had proposed and carried by his potential voice in the french council that some effectual succor should be rendered to the duke of nevers and had at the same time persuaded the king himself to conduct the expedition in person while making the necessary preparations the count de nassau imperial commissary suggested at mantua to the new duke that he should give up the states into ferdinand's hands or that the latter would send an army to occupy them the duke who in more desperate circumstances had scorned to accept so hard and little to be trusted a condition and encouraged now by the approaching aid from france scorned it so much the more but in terms in which the no was wrapped up and kept at a distance as much as might be and with even more apparent but less costly proposals of submission the commissary took his departure threatening that they would come to decide it by force in the month of march the cardinal richelieu made a descent with the king at the head of an army he demanded a passage from the duke of savoy entered upon a treaty which however was not concluded and after an encounter in which the french had the advantage again negotiated and concluded an agreement in which the duke stipulated among other things that cordova should raise the siege of casali pledging himself in case of his refusal to join with the french for the invasion of the duchy of milan don gonzalo reckoning it too a very cheap bargain withdrew his army from casali which was immediately entered by a body of french to reinforce the garrison it was on this occasion that Eccellini addressed to king louis his famous sonnet sudate o foci a preparar metalli 
and another in which he exhorted him to repair immediately to the deliverance of terra santa but there is a fatal decree that the advice of poets should not be followed and if any doings happen to be found in history in conformity with their suggestions we may safely affirm that they were resolved upon beforehand the cardinal richelieu determined instead to return to france on affairs which he considered more urgent gerolamo soranzo the venetian envoy urged indeed much stronger reason to divert his resolution but the king and the cardinal paying no more attention to his prose than to the verses of Vachelini, returned with the greater part of the army leaving only six thousand men in susa to occupy the pass and maintain the treaty while this army was retiring on one hand that of ferdinand headed by the count de colalto approached on the other it invaded the country of grisons and valtellini and prepared to descend upon the milanese besides all the terrors to which the announcement of such a migration gave rise the alarming rumor got abroad and was confirmed by express tidings that the plague was lurking in the army of which there were always some symptoms at that time in the german troops according to varchi in speaking of that which a century before had been introduced into florence by their means alessandro tadino one of the conservators of the public health there were six besides the president four magistrates and two physicians was commissioned by the board as he himself relates in his raguaglio already quoted to remonstrate with the governor on the fearful danger which threatened the country if that vast multitude obtained a passage through it to mantua as the report ran from the whole behavior of don gonzalo it appeared he had a great desire to make a figure in history which in truth cannot avoid giving an account of some of his doings but as often happens it knew not or took no pains to record an act of his the most worthy of remembrance and attention the answer he gave to the physician tadino on this occasion he replied that he knew not what to do that the reasons of interest and reputation which had caused the march of that army were of greater weight than the represented danger but that nevertheless he must try to remedy it as well as he could and must then trust in providence to remedy it therefore as well as he could the two physicians of the board of health the above-mentioned tadino and senatore setella son of the celebrated lodovicio proposed in this committee to prohibit under severe penalties the purchase of any kind of commodities whatsoever from the soldiers who were about to pass but it was impossible to make the president understand the advantage of such a regulation a kind-hearted man says tadino who would not believe that the probability of the death of so many thousands must follow upon traffic with these people and their goods we quote this extract as one of the singularities of those times for certainly since there have been boards of health 
no other president of one of them ever happened to use such a, an argument if argument it be as to don gonzalo this reply was one of his last performances here for the ill success of the war promoted and conducted chiefly by himself was the cause of his being removed from his post in the course of the summer on his departure from milan a circumstance occurred which by some contemporary writer is noticed as the first of that kind that ever happened there to a man of his rank on leaving the palace called the city palace surrounded by a great company of noblemen he encountered a crowd of the populace some of whom preceded him in the way and others followed behind shouting and upbraiding him with imprecations as being the cause of the famine they had suffered by the permission they said he had given to carry corn and rice out of the city at his carriage which was following the party they hurled worse missiles than words stones bricks cabbage stalks rubbish of all sorts the usual ammunition in short of these expeditions repulsed by the guards they drew back but only to run augmented on the way by many fresh parties to prepare themselves at the porta ticinese through which gate he would shortly have to pass in his carriage when the equipage made its appearance followed by many others they showered down upon them all both with hands and slings a perfect torrent of stones the matter however went no further the marquis ambrogio spinola was dispatched to supply his place whose name had already acquired in the wars of flanders the military renown it still retains in the meanwhile the german army had received definite orders to march forward to mantua and in the month of september they entered the duchy of milan the military forces in those days were still chiefly composed of volunteers enlisted under commanders by profession sometimes by commission from this or that prince sometimes also on their own account that they might dispose of themselves and their men together these were attracted to this employment much less by the pay than by the hopes of plunder and all the gratifications of military license there is no fixed and universal discipline in an army so composed nor was it possible easily to bring into concordance the independent authority of so many different leaders these two in particular were not very nice on the subject of discipline nor had they been willing can we see how they could have succeeded in establishing and maintaining it for soldiers of this kind would either have revolted against an innovating commander who should have taken it into his head to abolish pillage or at least would have left him by himself to defend his colours besides as the princes who hired these troops sought rather to have hands enough to secure their undertakings than to proportion the number to their means of remuneration which were generally very scanty so the payments were for the most part late on account 
and by little at a time and the spoils of the countries they were making war upon or overran became as it were a compensation tacitly accorded to them it was a saying of wallenstein's scarcely less celebrated than his name that it was easier to maintain an army of a hundred thousand men than one of twelve thousand and that of which we are speaking was in great part composed of men who under his command had desolated germany in that war so celebrated among other wars both for itself and for its effects which afterwards took its name from the thirty years of its duration it was then the eleventh year there was besides his own special regiment conducted by one of his lieutenants of the other leaders the greatest part had commanded under him and there were also more than one of those who four years afterwards had to assist in bringing him to that evil end which everybody knows there were twenty-eight thousand foot and seven thousand horse and in descending from Valtellini to reach the territory of mantua they had to follow more or less closely the course of the adda where it forms two branches of a lake then again as a river to its junction with the po and afterwards for some distance along the banks of this river on the whole eight days march in the duchy of milan a great part of the inhabitants retired to the mountains taking with them their most valuable effects and driving their cattle before them others stayed behind either to tend upon some sick person or to defend their houses from the flames or to keep an eye upon precious things which they had concealed underground some because they had nothing to lose and a few villains also to make acquisitions when the first detachment arrived at the village where they were to halt they quickly spread themselves through this and the neighboring ones and plundered them directly all that could be eaten or carried off disappeared not to speak of the destruction of the rest of the fields laid waste of the houses given to the flames the blows the wounds the rapes committed all the expedients all the defences employed to save property often proved useless sometimes even more injurious to the owners the soldiers far more practised in the stratagems of this kind of war too rummaged every corner of the dwellings tore down walls easily discovered in the gardens the newly disturbed soil penetrated even to the hills to carry off the cattle went into caves under the guidance of some villain as we have said in search of any wealthy inhabitant who might be concealed there despoiled his person dragged him to his house and by dint of threats and blows compelled him to point out his hidden treasure at length however they took their departure and the distant sound of drums or trumpets gradually died away on the ear this was followed by a few hours of death-like calm and then a new hateful clashing of arms a new hateful rumbling announced another squadron these no longer finding anything to plunder applied themselves with the more fury to make destruction and havoc of the rest burning furniture doorposts beams casks wine vats and sometimes even the houses 
they seized and ill-used the inhabitants with double ferocity and so on from worse to worse for twenty days for into this number of detachments the army was divided cholizio was the first town of the duchy invaded by these fiends afterwards they threw themselves into Bellano. thence they entered and spread themselves through valsassina and then poured down into the territory of leccio end of chapter twenty eight part two